Thank you very much. On, on, on these occasions and in, in, in these forums, when, when it's time for introspection, for maybe words of Hesarius, so the, the method that I, I, I generally fall back upon is I, I look in the mirror and then I do some outward projecting onto the audience. Now that's an approach which has decided drawbacks. I mean, with that approach, I should legislate that the entire audience go on a diet and uh, various other measures. So it definitely has its, uh, its drawbacks, but maybe, maybe some of the thoughts will be uh, relevant to others as well. When Moshe Rabbeinu says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, V'hein lo ya'aminu li, HaKadosh Baruch Hu punishes him, his hand uh, turns mitzaras kashaleg, it turns uh, white with, with tzaras, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells him that you're referring to B'nai Yisrael, B'nai Yisrael are ma'aminim, B'nai ma'aminim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is honing in on a defining characteristic trait, a defining attribute of Kal Yisrael, that what defines us is we are ma'aminim b'nei ma'aminim, believers, the children of believers. Rabbi Yosef Albo has a critique of the Rambam's Yud Gimelikar. He says that uh, the Rambam should have economized. He should have compressed the Yud Gimelikar into three categories. He should have said that one ikar is belief in Hakadosh Baruch Hu, in the Bore Olam. And then another fundamental principle is Torah. And the third fundamental principle is Sochavonish, is reward and punishment. And everything else that the Rambam specified within his Yud Gimli Karim are really subcategories of those three overarching categories. Says Rabbi Yosef Aldo Vaharaya that these are the three major categories is that they would correspond to the three brachas that we add to the Musaf Shemon Esrei on Rosh Hashanah, that they correspond to Malchios, Zechonos, and Shofros. Malchios, the first of the three, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Bore Olam, Zechronos, the last of the three, Socha Vaonesh, Atos Zocher, Masei Olam, Ufoke, Ko Yitzurei Kedem, Eindova Nelva, Mimeka, Veinista, Minegede Necha, and finally, Shofos, Atur Neglesa, Ba'anan Kvodech, Alam Kotshech, Adadave Imam, Torah Min HaShomayim. So, Rabbi Yosef Aldo gives us a very insightful definition of Malchios of Rosh Hashanah. Again, Zichronos and Shofos are themselves subcategories of, of, of Malchios. They are themselves uh, expressions of, of Malchios. And that basically Rosh Hashanah, a day of Malchios, is a day of Emunah. It's a day of reaffirming and rededicating ourselves to Ikari HaEmunah. And, and that's, that's what the, 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 the Malchios, Zichonos, and, and, uh, and, and Shofros express. And, and by saying the Psukim, so we, 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 we reaffirm and we rededicate ourselves to our core beliefs. So it's very, very appropriate to take a few minutes before Rosh Hashanah to think a little bit and to introspect about Inyana Yamuna.
The, the question, do we really believe, would seem to be a, a, uh, a no-starter. Of course we believe. Of course we believe. We all daven, and we all keep Shabbos, and we all, uh, we all keep kosher, and uh, we're all getting ready for Rosh Hashanah. Of course we believe. And yet it's interesting in, in the... I, I don't think it's known who's, who it is who was mezaka us with the animamins in the Siddur, with the, uh, the, the, the compressed version of the Rambam's Yud Gimel Ikarim, but it's interesting, whoever that anonymous Mahabir is, so he introduces each of the principles of faith with Animamin Bemuna Shlema. So apparently that's not redundant. Apparently, were we to affirm Animamin, it wouldn't necessarily mean, it wouldn't necessarily indicate that Animamin Bemuna Shlema. A person can believe, but not necessarily Bemuna Shlema. How does a person believe, but not necessarily by Muna Shlema? So, maybe we'll just mention two, whether it's really Shlaim Shem Echad, or whether it's two different forms of Emunah, which fall short of being complete faith. Chazal Talas, commenting on the Pasuk, Rashi quotes it, Noach enters the Teva, Mepnei Mehamabu. So Chazal, Darshan, that until the, the waters actually forced Noah in, so he didn't go in. So the literal meaning of Chazal's comment, not to imply necessarily that we're supposed to understand it literally in terms of Noah, but the, the, the literal rendition of Chazal's comment is that Noah that Noah ma'amin ve'eno ma'amin. He believed and yet, until he actually saw the, the deluge beginning, he wasn't fully convinced that the marble was going to come. Again, whatever it really means in terms of Noah, so we're, we're focusing on its literal meaning. Its literal meaning. Again, not that that's what Chazal are telling us about Noah, but for our purposes of trying to illustrate what the concept of Amun Shlema is. A person can believe... But does he really, really believe? Is it, is it with absolute conviction? And the literal translation of Ma'amin Ve'enu, Ma'amin, he believed, but there is a famous story about Ibsal Salanter. It's hard to know when one hears stories about Gedoli Israel. It's hard to know which stories are historically accurate, which are apocryphal. Um, this is a good story either way, whether it's historically accurate or whether it's apocryphal, it's a good story and, uh, and, and sends, sends a good message. There is, as, as you know, a, a, a dispute as to what the Midah of Bitochon is. The Chazan Ish very famously argues that uh, there is a popular misconception about what Bitochon means. That uh, people think that betachin means having trust, having faith in Hakadosh Baruch Hu means a sufdan good. That Hakadosh Baruch Hu makes things good according to our understanding, by our by our standards. And the Chazanish says he thinks that that's a fundamental error. That's not what betachin means. What betachin means is that what Hakadosh Baruch Hu does is good, and that yes, things will turn out good. But whether or not we know what's truly good. 
that's not necessarily the case. But a person has the menucha sanefa, she has the equanimity of knowing that what will turn out will be good by HaKadosh Baruch Hu's understanding. The view that the Chazanish is critiquing, so many think that Reb Sal Salanter actually did accept that understanding of Betochen. And that if a person really, really believes so then it will materialize. And the story is, is told that Yusuf Salanta was once trying to illustrate this to someone, once trying to teach this to someone. So he, he told them, he told them, the, the, he gave them the, 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 the Musa Shmuz, giving his orders about the Midas of Itachan, and told them, buy a lottery ticket, and if you have Betachen, you're going to win the lottery. The guy says, okay, I'm going to do it, and goes, buys the lottery ticket, Zalfan says, you believe? He says, yeah. He says, you really, really believe that you're going to win those 100,000 rubles? He says, yes. So Zalfan says, I'll give you 25,000 rubles for your ticket. Deal. Zalfan says, so you see, you didn't really believe. You believe, but you don't believe. So sometimes a person can believe, but not believe. 50%, 80%, maybe even 99%. But emuna shleima means that there's an absolute certitude to that belief. Another aspect, another feature of emuna shleima, as opposed to simple emuna. There are many, many different interpretations as to what the chait of, of Moshe Rabbeinu was. Was the chait of Moshe Rabbeinu that he grew angry? Was the chait of Moshe Rabbeinu that he hits the stone instead of talking to the stone? Was the chait of Moshe Rabbeinu that he introduces the miracle with Hamin Hasela Hazen Moyim, which would seem to mislead the Klai Yisrael into thinking that he and Aaron are going to be responsible for the, for the miracle instead of saying Hamin Hasela Hazen Yotzi Hashem Lachem Moyim. Okay. The Rachaim HaKadosh famously uh, enumerates ten different pshatim in what the chait of, uh, of, of, of Moshe Rabbeinu is, right? It speaks well for a person if you need to look with a microscope to try to find this chait, and even then you can't really, it's, it's hard, to, hard to pinpoint. But every pshat has to then account for the fact that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu that he has sinned and he's going to be punished, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu, speaking to him and to Aaron, Yan lo bi, which seems to translate, again, you didn't believe in me. So all the pshatim which don't seem to highlight a lack of belief, so how do, how do they account for 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 the, the 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 indictment, the indictment says Yam Loham Antimbi, but many of the pshatim don't highlight a seemingly a lack of emuna in in the chait of Moshe Menon Ahron. So one of the answers given is a very very beautiful answer. Again, they're all very beautiful, but the one that's uh, pertinent to, to our our topic tonight says that when a person really really believes the belief translates into action. And that yes, Moshe Rabbeinu, his, his, his misstep was in, in the level of action. Again, was it, what was, it, was it getting angry? Was it hitting? Whatever the pshat is. The misstep was an action. But as Baruch says, Ya Mohemantem B, Moshe Rabbeinu, if you believe enough, so then that belief has to translate 
into interaction. The the, the Rambam, the the Gemara Makos Gemara, which uh, I'm, I'm sure you, you're all familiar, Gemara tells us how uh, at different points in, in history, different Nevi'im tried to formulate for Kal Yisrael what the core principles of Torah are to give them a better grasp and a better way of understanding how to approach how to approach Mitzvahs. and ultimately the Gemara says that Chavakwa Kanozi distilled all of Torah into one principle Tzadik ve'emunaso yichya Tzadik ve'emunaso yichya so let, let's begin with, with the first word lest we tune out once we hear that the Posik is addressing a tzaddik so we generally use the, the word tzaddik as describing uh, people who are very very great and very very holy and, and people whom we see as way beyond anything we can achieve anything we can attain the, the correct definition of the word tzaddik is that tzaddik is a person who does mitzvahs and doesn't do averus. A person who's doing more than what's expected, he's a chassid. That, that implies l'smim mishur sadin. That implies going beyond the letter of, of, of the law. But the way that in, in, in Lashon Mikra and in Lashon Chazal, what the word tzaddik means, it means that uh, a person does mitzvahs and, and, he, doesn't, and he doesn't do averus. That's, that's a tzaddik. Okay, does it have other meanings as well? So I in Tanya. But uh, that's the simple, that's the simple pshat. That tzaddik means a, a, a person who does mitzvahs, doesn't do averus. That's why, for instance, when the Rambam in the beginning of Hilchus Deus is uh, talking about what the middle, moderate uh, mean is when, when it comes to physical appetite. So the Rambam says, you know, a person... He shouldn't be such an ascetic that he doesn't eat enough to, to, maintain, his, uh, to maintain his strength. And on the other hand, he shouldn't eat gluttonously. So he should eat, again, that he should be able to function at, at maximum capacity. And then the Rambam quotes as a proof text, Tzadik Ochel L'Sova Nafsha. The Rambam's proof text, when he's telling us what the mean is for everyone, he's, he's talking to each of us. So the Rambam says, Tzadik Ochel, quotes the Pasuk, so what's that got to do? Okay, so the tzaddik ochel the I take seconds on dessert and thirds and fourth. No, so the Rambam, when he quotes the tzaddik ochel the no, so he's talking to each and every one of us because tzaddik isn't the way we use it as maximum. It can only refer to 1% of the population. No, the way it should be, tzaddik, the term tzaddik should refer should refer to 100% of the, uh, of the population. So when Chavakot tells us something, beginning with the word tzaddik, so he's speaking to each and every one of us. So Chavakot says, tzaddik ve'amunasa yechya. So again, so you see the same idea as in Yan lo hemantem bi, that emuna is something that's a lifestyle. It's not just sort of intellectual propositions that, that a person subscribes to. But it's something, Yechia, a person lives by his faith. The Rambam wrote, as he did with most of his works, he wrote his Sefer HaMitzvahs in, in Judeo-Arabic. 
and it was uh, translated by, uh, by, by Ibn Tibot, to whom uh, centuries of Jews are, uh, are uh, greatly, greatly uh, in- indebted for their access to so much of the Rambam other than, other than Mishnah Torah. So Ibn Tibon had the following challenge when he was translating the Rambam Sefer Mitzvahs. Ibn Tibon was very, very careful that he always translated the same word that the Rambam used in Judeo-Arabic. He always used the same Hebrew word for it. So you can be medayek in how words appear in the translation because he held himself to that rigorous standard. See, he had the following uh, challenge. The Rambam uses the same verb with regard to the mitzvah Hashem to know and believe in the existence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He uses that same verb again in the mitzvah Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokein Hashem Echad to know and believe in the oneness, uniqueness of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And then he uses that same verb if there's no one here who knows Judeo-Arabic, I'll tell you what it is, so no one can catch me in my pronunciation, but uh, I need that guarantee first. Then he uses that same verb when he's talking about Yeres Hashem. So he needs a verb. The first two seem to be more, again, intellectual, intellectually based and anchored beliefs. And Yeres Hashem is, is, is an awareness, is a consciousness, is a feeling. So that's Ibn Tibon's challenge. So what word in Hebrew is sort of going to combine? Again, it's something I know. It's something I believe. But it's something I feel. It's something part of my consciousness. Something part of my awareness. So Ibn Tibon translates each of them as Lahamin. That Anoch Hashem Lokech is Lahamin. In HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Shema Yisrael is Lahamin. That, that the Hashem is Echad. And the mitzvah is Lahamin Yeraso. So ordinarily we think that there really wasn't the Hebrew word. So you have to you have to break new ground sometimes when you're when you when you're trying to introduce a concept, sometimes the vocabulary doesn't exist. So you have to you have to push back the frontiers of uh, of language. And, and not to take credit away from Ibn Tibon, but this tremendous insight that he's giving us into what Amuna means. So Amuna again, is not something dry. It's not something that, that you can sort of classify as, as just intellectual. It's, it's something I know. It's something I believe. But it's something I feel. He was looking for a word which captures the idea of knowledge that's alive, knowledge that translates into a feeling, knowledge that translates into action, knowledge that gives meaning and direction to our lives. And the word that Ibn Tibon came up with is, is Lahamin. So let's mention... We're now at the projection stage. L- let's mention a-, a couple of core beliefs and re- reflect reflect as to whether an imamin or an imamin be'munoshlema. The Mishnah in, in Pekiyavos, again, with which we're all familiar, that Olam Hazad Domel the Prozdo the Fnei Olam Haba. 
that uh, this world is, is an antechamber, a, 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 a waiting room before Olam Haba. Now the truth is, sometimes when you go for a doctor's appointment, you, you can sort of think that the antechamber, the waiting room, is some place that you spend a lot, a lot of time. But in theory, a waiting room is some place that you, you go through rather, rather quickly. So the, the mandate, the, 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 the imperative is to prepare oneself, perfect oneself, while in the antechamber, while in the, the, the outer corridor, so that one can enter the banquet hall. So do we believe this? Of course we believe this. Of course we believe this. We believe in, in Olam Haba. Everyone here believes in Olam Haba without a scintilla of, of doubt. But if we really believe, so then that belief is something which should be reflected in our goals, in our aspirations, in our allocation of time and, and resources. And, and the same way, not the same way, but ev- everyone has professional goals for themselves, for their children, aspirations. But if, if an imam in Bermuna Shlema, in that teaching of Chazal, so then you should be able to tell that if you monitor my schedule by seeing what I do when I have a, a Sunday off from work, when I have a legal holiday off from work, when I have, when I have other, other hours which are not committed or even what commitments I allow myself, which are optional, that I allow myself to make in the first place, you should see how, with whatever money, HaKadosh Baruch who blesses me, how I allocate that. If you're privy to what my goals and aspirations and dreams are, so in each of those areas, it should just be overwhelmingly clear that Olam Haza is, is, is a prose door you know, there isn't, it's not even a fraction. You can't have a fraction of, 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 of eternity. So it's one, one area to, to think about. Again, allocation of time, resources, goals, dreams, aspirations. So how many of those goals, dreams and aspirations are otherworldly, are spiritual, have to do with 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 uh, Hashem? The, the eleventh of, of the Rambams Ikari Hamuna is is the belief in, in Sahavonish. Belief in, in, in reward and punishment or the belief in accountability that a person is is held accountable. It's interesting that the uh, Tanoim in Masechus Rosh Hashanah, Rebbe Lezim, Rebbe Yeshua, have a famous dispute 
as to whether or not Adam was Niva B'Tishrei, whether or not HaKadosh Baruch Hu began Briyas HaOlam on the 25th of Elul, so that Adam HaRishon, what was created on, on Aleph Tishrei, or whether, or whether Adam was created in, in, uh, in, in Nisan. So what, what's the dispute about? So when Adam is created, gives us insight into what the essence of a person is, but as it says, Adam Rishon was created on Rosh Hashanah later to be established as the Yom Hadin. But time is time has qualities. Time is not homogeneous. From the time Hakadosh Baruch Hu created time, it has within it again that that inherent quality of being a day of judgment. So it means that the essence of man, says Rabbi Lezer, is his accountability. That's the significance of, of being created on Aleph Tishrei. Means that, that's what it is. To, to be a person means to be someone who's accountable. Rabbi Yeshua says that, that Odom Niva Nisan. What does Nisan represent? Nisan, the beginning of the spring season, represents his chachos. It represents his chachos in, in, in halacha also, renewal, the, the fund from which they would... Uh, purchase the, the korbanos for korbanos tzibor. So that fund used to be the, the, the fiscal year in, in the Beis HaMikdash was from Aleph Nisan to Chavtas Ador. And the new fiscal year, the Hishachos began on Aleph Nisan. So Nisan represents Hishachos. And that's why Nisan has to correspond with, with Chodesh Aviv, with the spring when you have the Hishachos in, in the natural world as well. Tosva says that both opinions are correct. Both opinions are, are correct. And that's why we say in Rosh Hashanah, We reflect Rabbi Lezer's opinion, even though elsewhere in Halacha, Rabbi Yeshua's opinion is, is reflected. Both are correct. That Kaviyochol, HaKadosh Baruch who conceived of the idea of creating Adam in Tishrei, and he executed it in Nisan. So what does it mean? What does it mean when we have a delay so we can't find the contractor? So we have an idea in Tishrei and three and a half years later in Nisan, so then we, we get the guy, to, the handyman shows up. And uh, so what's the delay here with HaKadosh Baruch Hu between the, uh, between the Olabe Machshava? So the metaphor of Olabe Machshava means that Olabe Machshava represents the ideal. That's what the, the, the anthropomorphism of Olabe Machshava means. HaKadosh Baruch Hu conceives of an idea means this is the ideal to, to which, to which we, 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 we strive. And then the, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu actually does is the way the world runs. That the world allows for our less than ideal performance. So a person, the essence of a person is that he's accountable. Okay, HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows for his chadshas, he allows for tshuva, but that doesn't mean that there isn't accountability. In, in Perak Dalit of Mesir Sisharim, so Ramchal takes great pains to try to dispel the, the, the popular misconception that when we say HaKadosh Baruch Hu is an Av HaRachman, so what it means is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he lets things ride. So Ramchal says that's a terrible error. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't let things ride. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Rachmanus is in waiting and allowing us to do tshuva, giving us the opportunity, accepting tshuva as something that, that, that cancels and, and erases 
and cleanses, but it's not just letting things ride. And he quotes so many Mamoy Chazal, so many Psukim in, in, in Tanakh, that Magid uh, Lo'odem Asicho, that Afilo Sicho Kala Ben Ish Ishto, that even the most private conversation between husband and wife, so that's also part of the reckoning for Yom Hadin. The essence of what it means to be human is to, to, to be held accountable. And when we believe in Sachava Onesh, we believe in that. We believe in that accountability. It's not something which is depressing because of the Chodesh Nisan, because of the Hishachus, because of the possibility of tshuva, because of the invitation to do tshuva, because of the exhortation to do tshuva, because of all the Dirsha Hashem B'Yimotzah, because of all the, the helping hand that HaKadosh Baruch Hu extends to do tshuva, but we have to do the tshuva. It's not just that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, let bygones be bygones. When we do tshuva, so then bygones are bygones. But we have to do the tshuva, and that's part of our belief in accountability. Part of our belief in accountability is that we're accountable for everything we do. We're accountable for everything we do. We're accountable for everything we, we, we say. Man is too, in, in, in the sense of anthropos, human, Man is, is too important and too central and too consequential a bria to just be cavalier and, and, to, and to just disregard what he does and what he, what, 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 what he says. Right? The, the, the President of the United States can't get away with saying anything off the record. He occupies too important a position. And even when he thinks it's a closed mic, Inevitably, it's going to turn out to be uh, an, 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 an open mic. And if you want to make jokes about Russia or the then Soviet Union, you better make sure that the mic is closed. But it's not like that. The mic inevitably is always, is, is always open. And that's part of what we believe. But if we believe that, not 50%, not 80%, not 99%, if we believe that so then it has to translate into action. There has to be a sense of responsibility for whatever we do and whatever we say. No, no sort of casual, cavalier attitude in terms of, uh, in terms of Torah and mitzvahs. Perhaps we'll, we'll just re- reflect for... Just take a few more minutes, perhaps, to, 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 to reflect. If, if, if anyone shares my assessment, my personal assessment, of, of a certain incongruence or, or, or disparity between the emuna and the way it should translate. So why is that? Why does that gap exist? Why do we find that disparity? First of all, for what we believe, for the spiritual truths that we know and believe to register fully, to impact us the way they can, We have to be open to them. In too many cases, there's a layer or a crust 
of, of numbing materialism that dulls the effect of these truths. In order for Olam Hazed, Domed Bipozov, now Olam Habo, in order for that to hit home, in order for that to register fully on me as it should, there can't be a buffer of, of excessive gashmius between me and that belief. The excessive involvement in, in materialism adulterates the message. It doesn't allow the belief, again, to register as fully and as deeply and as profoundly as it can and, and as it should. The, the most beautiful symphony, the most inspiring symphony can be playing, but if I get earphones on, which are blocking it, so that's going to affect how much I hear it, and therefore how much inspiration I, I, I draw from it. The openness to, to being able to hear, the openness for, for these, again, to be able to impact us, to be able to register on us as they should, depends upon how many layers of excessive materialism we place between those truths and, and ourselves. Uh, an- another factor, Emunah is very fragile. One of the one one of the um, great Balei Musa said that, that that if he goes, I don't know, twenty minutes, a half hour, or something, without reflecting on Emuna, he feels a Yerida. He feels that that, that he's regressing. Emuna is something. It's it's not something that a person sort of. I has it four times, or maybe 40 times, or maybe 101 times, get it, clinched. And one is something very fragile. Something a person has to constantly, constantly be reinforcing. It's not, it's not simple information that I have that information checked off. Let's move on to something new and exciting something a person has to reflect upon, not looking necessarily, without even looking to, 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 to understand and go beyond what he's understood until now. We need to constantly reflect and reinforce on the Amunah we have. Amunah is very, very fragile. It, it slips very easily and very quickly. And when we don't focus on, on Amunah, when we just go through our routine, even though what underlies the routine are basic driving beliefs, but if we're not in touch on a very, very regular basis with those beliefs, by thinking about them, reflecting upon them, reinforcing them, what I believe, what its implications are, the belief erodes. And, and it goes from being an imamin b'amun ashlema to an imamin. And finally, in, in order to allow our beliefs 
to translate into feeling, into action, into something we live by, Tzadik Vemunosah we have to be willing to accept the implications of our emuna. Sometimes we don't want to allow the emuna to sink in because it has certain implications. It means that, that, that I have to make major changes, perhaps major paradigm shifts in, in, in my life, and my life is comfortable. And, and I don't want to make those changes. In order to allow the emuna again, to register, in order to allow it to, to impact us fully, there has to be an openness to accept the implications. Like the Ramban writes to, 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 to his son in the famous Igeris, that whenever you finish learning, so the question he says, he says to the son, you have to ask yourself, okay, how do I apply it? How do, how do I implement it? So when we learn Pekeavos, or any, any, touch on any of the Ikaria Muna, so the question is, so what does this mean practically? Not just what does it mean uh, theologically, abstractly, uh, in, in the upper spheres. What does it mean for me practically? What does it mean in terms of how I should think, how I should believe, what I do that perhaps I should be giving up on, what changes I need to introduce in, 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 into my life? Alavai, we should all all be be zocher with with the the adequate hachonas for imulafonai malchios with the reaffirmation, rededication to the emuna and Chavakuk's mandate should be one which becomes a true and accurate description of each and every one of us.